It doesn't matter if you love crafts, blackjack, machines, or dining on the finest Asian, American, and Salish cuisines. It doesn't matter what you do or where you're coming from. Muckleshoot. What you do is all at Muckleshoot. An easy drive from wherever you are. All roads lead to Muckleshoot. Horse Racing Northwest at Emerald Downs from Emerald Downs. Joe with you, Vince Brune and Bill Downs. And Bill, this is our uh, what show coming up? Very good, Joe. I'm glad that you've uh, learned very, very well from my days at uh, Indiana Grand. This is the start of the penultimate week of racing in 2023 and, and Vince just hates that word so <laughs> we do it is uh, it, it's something that it, it makes him cringe every time but he will have to hear it at least three more times throughout the, the weekend <laughs> Bill maybe Bill overuses it because Vince doesn't hate too many words but I've used that word probably less than 10 times I dislike it I don't dislike the word I just dislike that it got overused okay you know well and, we're starting off on a note of English language verbiage <laughs> on Horse Racing Northwest. Thanks for joining us. Uh, we're going to have a couple guests on the show. Paul Beatty of Eli Sports Network and trainer Blaine Wright are going to join us on today's podcast. And uh, the weekend schedule, many of you are well aware, it's a Saturday-Sunday schedule this weekend and closing weekend, September 16th and 17th, 5 p.m. on Saturday, 2 p.m. on Sunday. This Sunday is Fan Appreciation Day. Everybody gets in free. And some of the specials that will be happening at the concession stands and bars, uh, $2.50 hot dogs, dollar chips, dollar ice cream. That's a dollar ice cream sandwich, dollar fountain soda, $5.16 ounce draft beers at several bars. And uh, another drink special is upcoming. So uh, come on out on Sunday. Weather's going to be great. Of course, we'll have the Seahawk game on several TVs as well. As they start at 125, we start at 2 p.m. on Sunday. And not to slight Saturday either. First race on Saturday afternoon, 5 p.m. So that's a, a look, quick look at this weekend. We'll, of course, be making some selections and talking about horses this weekend and next at Emerald Downs on Horse Racing Northwest. Uh, closing day, of course, is just next weekend, Sunday, September 17th. We will be selling $5 cupcakes on track level just off back from the winner's circle to benefit the prodigious fund. The prodigious fund is the benefit of that. Uh, Mike Mann's Gold is going to head toward old friends. You heard about that possibly last week on the show. Mike Mann's Gold is going to be living at old friends, and we're going to have a uh, going-away ceremony for him at 11 a.m. in the paddock on Sunday, this Sunday, September 10th. Uh, we'll be talking about our stakes fields and uh, some top moments. Well, first of all, let's get to uh, the weekly honors from this past week, September second and third vince brune has updated emeralddowns.com news and notes 
just about everything you'd want to know about the current meeting. Okay, yeah, for our Valpac jockey, first-time winner, Francisco Diaz-Lopez. He doubled last uh, Saturday, so... You know, he's been around the last few years, mainly getting on horses in the morning. But uh, let's see, one on Conrad Meadows, and then I forget the second one later in the card. So uh, both of them wire to wire, so nice work by him. Or Las Margaritas trainer, Joe, you know this guy well, Faustino Coco Patino, the last many years assistant, top assistant here to Blaine Wright on his own this year. He's really uh, having a strong second half of the meet. Mr. Mafioso, I think a horse Bill might have had right on top. Uh, with a powerful win last weekend. Pamela Baker got her first win. She's the owner of the week, and that was with Prime Example. Uh, she's a new client for Joe Toy. The Washington Bread, She Said My Way, um, bred by Erica Nelson. She works over at the Breeders, and Don Nelson, her mother. So She Said My Way, that was a big feature race yeah. win. And then our quarter shoot cafe groom of the week, uh, Justin Evans, had another big week, four wins. Jose Marrero, who's been one of his key grooms back there, is our groom of the week. Very good. And uh, Justin Evans is heading toward Delta Downs in Vinton, Louisiana. Yeah, so we'll have to follow that a little closer this winter uh, than usual. And, of course, a lot of that is the uncertainty over the Arizona situation. It'd be nice if they could get something resolved down there, but Justin has has to make plans with his big stable, Bill. Wasn't September 15th uh, this big date that we know if that sale's going to go through and then the new owners kind of said yeah. at Turf Paradise that they'll run for I, a year or so right. because they want to redevelop the property. I know, I know Joe and I have been talking to some horsemen back there. One guy, one agent who seems to be in the know, everything he said that has kind of played out well says he doesn't think there's much of a chance that anything is going to happen there um this season um but then other people say maybe something will get going past the first of the year and then uh, there's also some talk maybe arizona downs uh another facility down in uh, arizona could get something going but right now as of what is today the 8th of september i don't think it looks too great yeah and just other talk i've heard as well is uh you know there's been a couple prospective buyers jerry sims doesn't like one of the guys and is not likely to sell to him jerry sims the uh what two two to three decade owner of turf paradise um but uh yeah we're hearing conflicting things september's 15th has been a date uh that seemed to be a deadline for sims to you know get going apply sell uh you know on the other hand, it does sound like maybe Golden Gate will go through yeah, we're at least another Golden four Gate. months up until June, perhaps, which, which of is, course is, would be big for yeah. Emerald Downs and a lot of our horsemen here who go down that way. Yeah, and uh, the Bay Area is going to have a similar uh, fair circuit next summer as well. So things look pretty similar for Northern California in 2024 until the fall, and then... Uh, well, they've got a time to work on that, and too. Of course, all these things greatly impact Emerald Downs in uh, regards to our horse population and the welfare of many of our horsemen here, too, going forward. Yes. Okay. So, uh, yeah, Arizona, California, things are in flux for sure. And we're completing our meeting uh, just in another nine days. So, uh, Mary Perone has been suspended for two years and a fine. Now, there might be some uh, 
leeway in the suspension, but the fine, $25,000, it's from HISA. And uh, boy, we were talking uh, just the whole HISA thing now in its second year. To me, HISA came in without the counsel, advice, uh, backing of any racing people. Uh, they want to clean up the sport, a national body. I don't think anybody disagrees with that, having some power and some consistency nationwide. But to come in and make a lot of rulings and uh, regulations without counsel and staffing mm-hmm. of current racing people just yeah. seemed uh, you know, wrong. I, and, I, I will just say if, if there are dragnet comes up with Mary Perone, then yeah. I think the whole thing is is suspect in my book. And uh, Mary Perone is, uh, you know, one of our small time trainers here and a uh, very nice uh, woman who's had a long history in the sport, has never had any no. issues whatsoever. And if uh, if she's the problem with horse racing, <laughs> then, then um, the problems are a lot bigger than I ever imagined. That's right. Yeah, um, lots of things. First off, you know the punishment should should fit the crime. For you know, we're not talking about you know Mary's not training on the highest levels of the sport, and it just seems like there's a heavy handedness to the 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 smaller the smaller trainers, and that's you know that's been the case. The step the the deck is stacked against these these trainers overall. There's all these mega barns. And all these owners just go to these mega barns, and there are a lot of people out there who know how to train horses. Uh, you know, and it's just, it's just a, it's a problem. It's a small problem in the big picture, but at the same time, I'm sitting here as a racing fan, and I'm going, you know, and we had all this time. States had all the time in the world to get this done, and the feds came in, and now the feds are making the rules, and they're kind of doing it on the fly. And I hear you. But we had all this time. We can't, you know, this sport can't even agree on Lasix, for goodness sakes. Yeah. And so it's it's a difficult, it's, I, I, I feel for Mary. Um, it's a, it's a, this is, it's a heavy, heavy, uh, heavy penalty for, you know, it's not like, uh, you know, she's winning at the 30% or anything like that when she's a career 5% trainer or something like that. Um, so it, it is, it's, it's difficult. Uh, I hate, hate seeing it. But there's there's a lot of a lot of issues in horse racing right now sure. uh, that need to be addressed, and they need to be addressed sooner rather than later. Yeah, and Mary, yeah, the twenty five thousand dollar fine is just <laughs> completely debilitating. That's it. For her. Yeah, she'll never if she can't fight it, she'll Ugh. she'll never trade again. And it's like yeah, I'd be like, you know, where do you think I'm supposed to come up with a twenty five thousand when I've been training yeah. horses uh, this and, year? And I think Joe's point is well taken. The ambiguity ambiguity of the whole situation on the do's and don'ts with all this i don't think they were spelled out very well and for twenty five thousand is is my goodness that is you use the word exorbitant and i would even look for an adjective oh. stronger than that yeah i mean that sentence it's what it is it does yeah. not it, it it does not fit the alleged crime and, right and let's toss in uh you know the name of the substance actually escapes me but it was a it's a substance that you give to mares when they're having trouble when they're cycling and she got apparently a trace amount in the tub of her one of her geldings i mean we're talking a trace amount you know one of those p 
picogram things or something. So it came up and there's the fine, you know, his, uh, so yeah, you bring in Todd Pletcher against Mary Perone and the fine, and, and that just doesn't seem equitable, but I can see where there's a ruling on a substance because a substance can either, uh, deaden a horse's uh, physical ability, or it can possibly stimulate a horse's physical ability. And that can affect a race either way. And so these substances that are banned could do one or the other. And apparently this substance is in that listing, but it was a trace amount. And the local people would have taken that into consideration that she has two or three horses in training at the most. Yeah, yeah, when I when I heard we were going to have government regulation, this is about kind of the last thing I figured something like yeah. this might happen where it's just... Well, last summer when, you know, the jockeys started to get fined for excessive use of the of the crop, um, and then they HISA had the... I'm calling it two different things here, HISA, HISA. They had the ability to take owner's purse money away just like that on, you know, when it come into effect, July 1st. Mm-hmm. Uh that was, I thought, wrong. I, I can see maybe finding a rider, even though these guys, a lot of them have been riding over 30 years, and now they can only hit a horse six times. Especially when we're switching it, and we've got a season the, already underway. Yeah, exactly. The you owner know. should not have, have been taking purse money away from, in that case, for the first several months. There should have been a, a longer grace period for Right, but, but if I do remember correctly, it's not, if it's six crop strikes and then it has to be i know it's double digits is when they would start taking away the money yeah. uh from from the from the owner if it was like something I, I i don't know the number right off the top of my head i know it's 10 i think or higher let, uh but you know let me ask you this is is there any recourse for someone like mary perone uh, you know to um you gotta have a lawyer. <laughs> it's just like everything. Every you know, you're you're being treated like you know, you, know, you that, did something in a criminal type of thing, she, and, you, and you have you know, you take a look at who in our court system. If you got money, you can defend yourself. Well, and then, so, and she could get an injunction, perhaps, to allow her to keep training. Uh, well, I, I know, know, like That's, Jonathan Wong, didn't he have? He got he got a uh, big time. Um, and uh, what do you recall it? Uh, fine suspension, and, but, but then he he was able to. There was said there was extenuating circumstances, and he gets treated. He has some same pers- with Mac Robertson at Canterbury. And, yeah, where he had to get rid of his stable for about a month, and right. then they said, "Well, excuse me, you're okay, you're clear," and now he's back in business, out thousands of dollars in the interim, of course, and having to. Right, but if he didn't have the the ability to fight it, guess what? He yeah. that'd be it. <laughs> I yeah, you know, this is yeah, not sure. This on is Mary's. very very difficult. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, I sli- Slippery slope, and uh, you know, I'm all for cleaning up the sport, um, but like I said, uh, the punishment's got to meet the quote unquote crime, and I use crime. I'm all for cleaning I know up it's an the audio sport thing. Too, I'm but saying I don't crime. think Mary Perone is what I needed agree. to be cleaned up. I agree. And, I uh, agree. You know, anyhow. It's, if we have more information on that, we'll yeah. pass it on further. But uh, just, yeah, uh, some some real holes in, in the legislative and the legal process there, it seems, for HISA the last year and a half. Okay, uh, on a little bit lighter note, um, how about some top moments at the meeting? Uh, 
Let's just mention a few of those as we only have four days of racing left. Well, obviously, uh, the Long Acres Mile and Five Star General and his flawless performance in our biggest race. Uh, I would say in terms of some individual races that caught my eye uh, earlier in the year, Sluice Tiz Wiz's win in the Governor's was uh, was a uh, eye-popping win and it was one of the best races I saw the entire meet. And then also uh, Clovis Connection when he beat uh, Lloyd's Logic, not on the Auburn because Lloyd's Logic was coming off the long layoff. Lloyd's Logic was a lot tighter in the uh, in the race after the Irish uh, Day and uh, uh, Clovis Connection won by a neck in that race, but that was a horse race. They went at it yeah. uh, from about the three-eighths pole on and uh, that, that those are probably two races that... that that'll be on the race of the meet I'll list that as a possible, you know, uh, finalist in that category. Agree 100%, Bill. Yeah. So those are the two that uh, caught my eye. You know, obviously, just the brilliance from Aloha Breeze and uh, winning the the Seattle and the Kent Stakes. uh, Those were probably another couple that uh, uh, caught my my, uh, fancy, if you will. I... uh Oh, echo the the mile. That was a flawless performance. That's a a good word. And, you know, uh, Five Star General and and Slew's Tiz Wiz have run against each other in the mile twice. And it occurred to me they both have a first and a third Mm -hmm. in the race. So it would really be neat to to have a third go round. And and Joe, you had uh, Ken L. Haddiff down in the paddock, the owner of Five Star General. And he certainly that's on their radar. You know, it's a long way away. And, uh, Sluiced his whiz. I could certainly see him coming back for another go round. So that would be kind of fun that down would. the road to to have a a third and deciding match maybe between those two. Yeah, the the five star general race was fantastic. Horse never been better at the age of seven. Four straight setting that record. Four straight top three performances. Four even in the history of the race. Four top three performances. Uh, Justin Evans, you know, he came in and was training at almost 40% for several weeks, uh, lived up to all expectations. He's going to win the the training title in his first season up here. And uh, his Dirt Road Red, five wins between May 21st and July 28th. So in two months there, he won five races, and he is in this weekend, his Dirt Road Red. Of course, he's in the barn of Candy Kreiderman now. Uh, the jockey colony this year. Jeez, we got uh, first-time riders, Luis Negron, Silvio Amador, Carlos Montalvo, Alexis Valdez, Isaias Enriquez came back, along with, you know, last year's uh, defending champ, three-time champ, Alex Cruz, Kevin Radke. Amador. Yeah. Amador. We did lose uh, Juan Gutierrez to uh, maybe semi-retirement. We're not sure, but Juan didn't our all-time leading jockey, but we still had a really, really fine jockey colony this year. And uh, Agreed. so many of those guys were right like, what, 17 to 21% yeah. for so much of the year. And uh, Luis Negron, one of the newcomers this year, and you mentioned Justin Evans. Yeah. Negron rode a bunch of those winners and, and had led the standings yeah. for much of the year. He's been hobbled a little bit, you know, uh, physically, the latter half of the meet here. And, you know, Alex Cruz, the word I would use is relentless. He shows up to ride every day and he, he wants that fourth title in a row bad. And that would certainly be something that would, uh, uh, be extremely noteworthy at the meet. And he looks like he's got a good chance to do it with just, uh, well, we got four days left. You're mentioning jockeys and something I found interesting this year is how we've had some jockeys who been riding at other places during our meet come in, and yeah. ride here like Rocco Bowen has been here most every weekend. 
for the last few weekends. Last weekend, we had McKenna Anderson. It was no... This weekend, we got Lindy Wade. And we got Lindy Wade, who's at Canterbury Park and riding, I think, at Remington as well. And just Lindy Wade to- is only three off behind Harry Hernandez. Yeah. 44-41 at Canterbury as they go down the stretch with three days left. Yeah. So I just found Lindy Wade's going to be here this uh, on Sunday. Um, and so I just find that interesting how jockeys are kind of poking their head yeah. uh, saying, hey, I'm I'm here today and this weekend or whatever the, whatever the case may be. Uh, but there's something, you know, it's not like, you know, when I was at Indiana, you know, the Kentucky guys are, Kentucky ladies are always up uh, at Indiana all the time. We're kind of like on our own little island. You got to take a. Yeah, you exactly. Take a, you know, unless you're coming in from Northern California, you can drive. But, you know, you, you know, we're on a kind of an island, if you will. So I kind of think it's kind of interesting how these jockeys uh, come in for little little uh, little arrangements here and there and uh, and try and get a few wins and, and whatnot. Yeah. And uh, I agree with you guys. The colony this year has been much, much tougher than in the last few years. Yep. And Joe Bravo was here for a few hours this year, too. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Made it in time to ride the mile and uh, put up a perfect ride. And, yeah. you know, like a lot of those pros do, he was so deferential to the horse in the winter circle, which shows the class he has as a rider. Yeah. And uh, uh, he basically, he said he got out of that horse's way and did a good job. But I know, you know, Mike Woolman, the director of publicity at Santa Anita, who I know well, he speaks extremely highly of Joe and cooperative with a lot of things they do and just guy who goes about his business very professionally yeah number 25 all time all time in the sports history so congratulations again to that camp five-star general all right uh and the quarter shoot cafe has free coffee on sunday courtesy of rimrock lakes victory last week in the washington cup actually on closing day courtesy of emerald downs yeah we will have free coffee in the quarter shoot. Oh, that's right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So this Sunday, Rimrock Lake. Okay. So uh, let's take a break. We're going to come back with Paul Beatty of Eli Sports right here on Horse Racing Northwest. It doesn't matter if you love craps, blackjack, machines, or dining on the finest Asian, American, and Salish cuisines. It doesn't matter what you do or where you're coming from. Muckleshoot. What you do is all at Muckleshoot. An easy drive from wherever you are. All roads lead to Muckleshoot. Muckleshoot. Horse Racing Northwest continues and, uh, boy, a place to get a lot of great information from a little bit different insight is Eli Sports Network, elisportsnetwork.com. Paul Beatty is the author and the sole contributor and the do-everything guy uh, as far as horse racing goes on that website, which started out of high school sports but includes Emerald Downs, and Paul sure spends a lot of time on it in the summer. And uh, I was up playing golf against the Canadians, and Robbie Gilker goes, uh, do you know that Paul Beatty uh, guy? I go, sure. Yeah, he actually used to work at the track. And he goes, man, he sure writes a lot about good stuff about you guys. And I said, yeah. I said, has he called you for an interview? No, but I just like to read it. And so <laughs> Paul is joining us right here on Horse Racing Northwest, Paul Beatty of Eli Sports Network. Paul, good afternoon. 
Well, good afternoon, man. And uh, I'm, I'm, uh, you know, I, I, I'm still feeling guilty here because I didn't get any coverage up from last weekend. As, uh, as you know, that's uh, the the launch of high school uh, sports, and that is our main thing. And uh, we were kind of running ragged last week, but uh, I'll be back on Sunday, and we'll have a, a recap of this weekend, and then, of course, back on closing day as well for. All right. the closing ceremonies and the final stakes races. We're getting excited for that as well. And yeah. Paul might be like the assistant, assistant, assistant trainer for Joe Toy because every time Joe Toy wins a race, Paul seems to be down there on, on that day and he takes the pony horse that uh, Joe uses uh, to take the, his horses ah. to the gate. And then Paul is the one that gets to hold on to the pony he's, person. He's the pony holder. I didn't notice uh-huh. that. Yes. You know, he knows me so well now, the horse just comes right up to me. Right. So he goes, okay, there's the, I see the fat guy over there. Go over there. He'll hold you. And then uh, Joe gets his picture taken. So. Well, that's great. <laughs> Paul, uh, of course, Joe Toy was our leading trainer a couple of years ago and has been at every Emerald Down season and big part of Mike Mann's Gold's career, who's going to have a little ceremony at 11 a.m. at the track on Sunday. He's going to be sent, of course, to Old Friends, where he'll live the 12-year-old Mike Mann's Gold. Uh, is he yeah, and I, uh, isn't there, there's a fundraiser going on. We were happy to put into, into that as well. So folks nice. that uh, may uh, help them get to that nice, uh, comfortable uh, retirement home, um, I think if you uh, you can probably look that up, uh, it's on a GoFundMe page. I think that uh, if you'd like to help out, make sure he gets to where he needs to go. Uh, I mean that's that's terrific. Uh, we're we're excited that uh, Mike gets to relax for the rest of the of his uh, of his uh, existence. Yep, all time all time Emerald Downs winning his tours, twenty six victories at this track, and. Uh, uh, Prominent stakes horse for many years as well. Not, uh, you know, he did it all. Mike Mann's gold, especially here. So Paul Beatty with us. And Paul uh, Paul likes to write about jockeys a lot. Um, you know, I, I think uh, Paul realized when he was about two or three years old that he was going to be too big to be a jockey. So uh, <laughs> it certainly... My was- mom realized that uh, when I was born. Okay. So... But, uh, you know, that's great. Uh, boy, so many people use jockeys heavily in their handicapping. I mean, real heavily. And uh, Paul has, uh, you've got your jockey rating system. Um, you know, I know Jose Zanino, if you'd been betting on him this year, boy, he had those three wins on Tribal uh, Tribal Impact, I think the name of the horse, the one three yeah. in a row. Yeah, eight to one, nine to one, nine to one. Our Lila Grace was fourteen to one in the stake she won. Uh, Jamie's inheritance twenty three to one in our Oaks. Uh, he's got to have a pretty good rating somehow, Paul. Zanino. Well, you know, I don't, I don't really rate him that way. So it's a, we do the power rankings, and that's basically a week to week look at how how they're doing now. We, I, you know, I add in comments that. Uh, you know, uh, Jose, you know, he's, he doesn't have the number of wins that, that right. others get in a week, but boy, you better not keep him out of your super effective tickets. Uh, cause he's, uh, he could bring one in on top for sure, but he can also bring a 61 shot in just for fourth place and, uh, really jump up your, your payoffs on those. And there's, uh, several riders that are like that. Now this year has been just 
fun to write about because not only has it been a, a really competitive race, and right now Alex Cruz looks like uh, he's in uh, he's in great position to win that fourth straight title that no one has ever done in Washington State history. Yeah. Um, but it's been very competitive coming up to it, and frankly, this last week. The top three in Alex and Luis uh, Negron and uh, Kevin Radke all kind of look like they're limping toward the, the finish line. And you got guys like Silvio uh, Amador, who has just really stepped it up, especially in the second half of the season. And, and Rocco had his first huge weekend uh, of the year coming back to Animal last week as well. Yep, and Rocco Bowen will be back. Yeah, Silvio Amador, second half, uh, he is uh... – I think he's tied maybe right now with Radke for yeah uh, yeah holding yeah. the third third place tie there yeah, yeah that's right and Alex Cruz yeah well on his way to his fourth consecutive title but uh, yeah go to Eli Sports Network and uh, Paul I thought it was nice too that you revisited the Frank Lucarelli story which was just a fantastic piece from a couple few years ago as Frank was inducted into the Washington Thoroughbred Hall of Fame this summer and. Uh, I, I watched that again. Uh, that was good. And that's got a prominent place on your website. Yeah, it, it, that's that's one of uh, the pieces I'm most proud of uh, in my career, to tell you the mm. truth of writing. Um, uh, just a fascinating story and just such a uh, hits you on a human interest. Uh, you know, uh, you know, not only uh, is Frank a great trainer and um you know, all those accolades, but, uh, his personal life and his family, uh, such a huge part of it and what they went through and how they continue to uh, soar after that is, uh, just a fascinating story. And I was really, uh, surprised and, and happy that I was able to find a few more details out for them that they didn't even know, hmm. uh, about, uh, you, you know, and, and, uh, you know, knock on wood for Facebook, I was able to find some people that, uh, uh, you know, shared some experiences with the Lucarellis, and they were happy to share those stories with uh, with me. And, uh, and they're in the story. So if you haven't seen it, just go to our website, Emerald, or check that elisportsnetwork.com. And right in the uh, in the bar there, there's it says Emerald Downs. You click on that, and uh, everything Emerald is in there. So there is a ton of information in there. A ton of uh, backstories uh, and uh, uh, the Lucarella story is yeah we I republished it um, from I think it was 2018 actually is when okay. I wrote that so five years ago already yeah uh, and uh, just a just a fascinating uh, story for for sure so that was that was one I'm I'm quite proud of uh, to say the least but uh, the other coverage in there you know um, uh, I think one of my favorites was and i gotta you know he's 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 a character but he's our character and we're, you, you can only talk about the trifecta king this way and gary doherty on uh on uh you know the throwback day uh i literally found the program from the first day that i ever went to long acres he had it oh. and, and was kind enough to give it to me from 1974 i remember the horse that i bet on it was snappy nashville and whoever had this program it wasn't gary he got it from somewhere but they you could tell it was an old race tracker because they didn't write in the numbers you know on the on the little squares up there of who came in just the payoffs and they wrote in first second and third next to the number 
They had what horses got butte. They had the daily double payoffs because this was the second. So it was really cool. And the times uh, all handwritten in. So uh, that was that was amazing that I found uh, was able to find that. And Gary uh, was kind enough just to give me the program. So uh, uh, that that was uh, that was a highlight for me this year. Oh, very good. Yeah. Snap. Did Snappy Nashville win that day? He did. Okay. He did. But I had my two dollars. And this, folks, I, I'm going to tell you, my two dollars show returned four dollars and made a lifelong uh, race fan out of me. <laughs> yeah. That was that was it. Yeah. That single bet. Yes. Yeah, has now caused me, you know, thousands of dollars of, of <laughs> losses. But nonetheless, I'll keep trying. <laughs> uh, yeah, you hit your decent wagers at your share throughout the every course now of the and then. Season. Yeah, I do okay. Well, that's great. Yeah, Eli Sports Network. Uh, Paul is back heavily into high school sports. Uh, and uh, tell tell uh, the listeners how they can subscribe, Paul. Uh, yeah, if you go to, again, uh, elisportsnetwork.com, all of the high school sports that we live stream are on uh, what's called the NFHS Sports Network. And that network is nationwide. You can not only watch the games that we broadcast, and uh, actually your friend Joe there is going to be on one tonight with us yeah. uh, in Puyallup. Uh, hopefully, he, uh, hopefully you remembered that, Joe. Uh, I do. Yeah, I'm, it's, <laughs> I'll be there. Uh, but uh, it's it's eleven ninety nine a month, or it's uh, eighty bucks, seventy nine ninety nine for the entire year. Uh, but not only do you get the games that we do, all these, uh, um, many of the schools have put in the auto- automated cameras. Um, and a lot of this was done during the pandemic when fans weren't allowed to, to, to come in. And so they needed a way to, you know, get the games up and streamed. And so, uh, it, it gives you access to all of those as well. There's literally hundreds of thousands of hours of content. Mm hmm on the, the network and you can watch uh, any NFHS broadcast across the country. So if you're a crazy Husky fan and you know that they're recruiting a kid out of Southern California and you want to go look at them and see what they're doing, you can, uh, if, uh, you know, you can, you can look at, uh, you can look at anything that's on the network all for that one price. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, hey. exactly. Yeah. Hey, Paul, uh, Speaking of football, who is your pick for 4A state champion high school this year in Washington? 4A state champion. Uh, wow. Well, you know, that's that's going to be, you know, Lake Stevens won it last year. The year before was uh, Graham Kapowson. Graham Kapowson is tough again, but that SBSL is very tough. Um uh, I, I have to think it's probably in in either one of those divisions. Um, you know, I, I don't at this point. I don't know, but you, I I know yeah. the South Puget Sound League is exceptionally difficult. So I'm going to cheat here and just say whoever emerges out of the SBSL, I think uh, will have a good shot at taking it all. Very good. And remind me, who won the 3A last year in Washington? Yelm. Well, that, Yelm. that was Yelm. And Joe, Yelm. didn't you? That was a sensational game, I remember Joe well, talking about. Well, the way about, it ended. Yeah. yeah. He's the, yeah. the coach's son stole the ball immediately after it was intercepted inside the last minute. And was ran that against in. O'Day? No, Eastside that, Catholic. Eastside Catholic. Paul was there, yeah. weren't you, Paul? You that called that. I was there, yep. Yeah. Uh, called the game, and yeah, it was uh, – uh, Kyler Ronquillo, 
Yeah. And just uh, a really a smart play. Uh, the ball was overthrown. Uh, they were down. Uh, the Eastside Catholic kid had the easy intercepting. He picked it. And Kyler, instead of just making the tackle, which would have simply ended the game because they were out of timeouts, reached in, grabbed the ball, and just stole it away from him, stunned the defender. He didn't even know what happened. No. And Kyler was off and into the end zone for the winning touchdown. Yeah. It was a crazy play. Oh, it, it might have been the best high school play ever. Well, Certainly uh, uh, captured on, on film, I think. Can't think of one that could top that, really, without everything that was on the line, the state championship, yeah. the final minute. Okay, well, yeah, Eli Sports Network. You can follow high school sports, uh, boys and girls, throughout the whole year. And uh, great Emerald Downs content as well. And Paul is going to make it back up to the track this weekend. So that is great. We're not done yet. We're going to finish up strong. Very good. Thanks for joining us, Paul. And uh, we'll see you around the football fields here in a while. You got it. Thanks, Joe. Thank you. Paul Beatty of Eli Sports Network joining us. And uh, he talked about Frank Lucarelli, who is tied for number two all-time among stakes-winning trainers here. Of course, we know he's number one in wins and number one in earnings. Oh, that's right. And uh, he's tied with Blaine Wright with 55 stakes wins. He's also just one behind Doris Harwood in two-year-old stakes wins. And there's one two-year-old stake left, the Gottstein Futurity. Frank says he's going to run the maiden well-imagine-that in the Gottstein, who he claimed off Justin Evans, a son of Midnight Storm, out of an awesome again mare. He likes his uh, the way he moves and his route breeding potential. So he's going to run that maiden in the Gottstein. And um, we've kind of had confirmed, Vince, several names, uh, including Howard Belvoir's first and third place Rim Rock Lake and Alante. Mm-hmm. And uh, was it Tom Wenzel said? Tom? Was it uh, Minor League? Yeah. And one of those nice George Todaro horses that beat Nightline. Son of Mine Shaft. Yeah. Might like a mile on I a I love Mine Shaft as a sire. And uh, yeah, so it's shaping up. And then, Joe, you had some news. Urban Dancer from Blaine Wright. Yeah, but a good filly is possibly eyeing the race, you yeah. said. Uh, yeah, I spoke with owner breeder Jack Hodge of Appeal Factor, the daughter of the factor who was just awesome in both of her starts, both stakes wins. Um, she had to work uh, August 26th and is scheduled to work again. And Jack, uh, you know, we talked about her earlier that they weren't necessarily thinking of the Godstein. She wasn't eligible for Washington Cup stakes, of course, but now it is a possibility and that would add a lot to uh, Bill, I know, you know, we've all been impressed by her appeal factor. Yeah, uh, both of her wins. And she breaks her maiden, if you will, in a, in a stakes race. And then um, in, in the Lassie, uh, she made a pretty big move in the third and f- uh, second quarter mile. And the first quarter was 21 and four. And they went to the half and 44 and a fifth. And uh, she took over the race at that point from uh, Nisa, if I remember, and uh, just ran away from the field. Mm-hmm. And yes, both races were in sprints and she'll have to relax a little bit going around of ground. But uh, this daughter of the factor appeal factor is a very nice two-year-old filly uh, here at Emerald Downs. And you know, um, George Todaro and uh, yeah, his racing manager, Bob Capley and Tom Wenzel, they'd be going for a hat trick because Midnight Mojo in 2021, Lloyd's Logic dominated last year. So they've had the the winning team in the Gottstein the last couple of years. And that's the minor league camp, of course. Right. 
Okay, yeah, that's a look at the Gottstein and also closing day, the Muckleshoot Tribal Classics lose Tiz Wiz, of course, the by far the top name there. Uh, we got him on our training day video yesterday, Thursday at Emerald Downs. We also caught Rimrock Lake and, and uh, Alante working together for Howard Belvoir. They went like an easy half mile. Lose Tiz Wiz worked uh, five eighths. Also on training day was Blazing Bella Blue, who is the top name for the Washington Cup filly or mare. Another great season for from her after her state championship season of 2021. She even made a trip up to Canada yeah. a couple of weeks ago. She ran uh, third in the Northlands Distaff. That is correct. Yeah, and Slews Tizwiz, you mentioned uh, him for the Muckleshoot Travel Classic. Even though he won the mile last year, that was a great race last year when Papa's Golden Boy yeah. and Slews Tizwiz slugged it out down the lane with uh, Papa coming out on top on that one. So Slews Tizwiz going to try to make amends for a loss in last year's Muckleshoot Classic. Yeah, hopefully Papa's Golden Boy is uh, back next year. I know he's he's doing all right. He's at Vince Gibson's farm. Of course, we didn't see him this year. Okay, so there's uh, three stakes on closing day, Sunday, September 17th. Um, and we still got a date with Blaine Wright here on Horse Racing Northwest. We'll have him on when we return on the show. We'll be right back. It doesn't matter if you love craps, blackjack, machines, or dining on the finest Asian, American, and Salish cuisines. It doesn't matter what you do or where you're coming from. Muckleshoot. What you do is all at Muckleshoot. An easy drive from wherever you are. All roads lead to Muckleshoot. Muckleshoot. I'm telling mom getting on track, but will go very wide, wider than Madam President. They got three sixteenths to go. It's Mia, but I'm telling mom on the outside, shot out of a cannon. I'm telling mom now striking the front. Mia's in second, Trace Feet's third, Madam President in fourth. It's I'm telling mom when she got on track, she was fast. I'm telling mom with a very impressive career debut last Sunday at Emerald Downs as trainer Blaine Wright won both of the two-year-old races on Sunday and uh, that gave him the lead in two-year-old wins at Emerald Downs this year with four but uh, I'm telling mom was pretty impressive in that uh, boy it didn't look like she knew how to be a racehorse in the backstretch on the backstretch but she was a heavy favorite and just one going away so there's a starting point to speak with Blaine Wright, who is a perennial uh, stakes leading trainer at Emerald Downs, and he's right in the thick of things again this year. Blaine, good afternoon. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. Hey, how about let's start off with I'm telling mom. Uh, what were your thoughts out of the gate in that first quarter mile? Is uh, her stride was a lot different than maybe she'd been showing in morning training? Yeah, you know, a little surprising that she wasn't on track because really uh been a professional uh the whole way around and as a matter of fact she was she was just beating up on her competition working them out and so i put her behind horses before to take dirt because it was kind of hard to get her to stay with horses because she was out working them so easy and uh so that was really surprising i actually think she went i thought she went bad on us like she you know uh, mm. maybe she went broke down or something and i got real concerned and 
because she she went from being two or three off of that pack in front of her to about six off of that pack and i was like oh no what something happened here and i started kind of walking towards the fence and i was like well wait a minute now she's starting to pick them up again and and uh I, you know you you try to stimulate a race as much as you can in the morning time and um you never know what they're going to do when they run and and uh but boy once she got in gear and she got her face clean she really kicked it in and and uh you know, I like to say she looked like a Razi out there, but I hope she uh, ends up running a little bit better than he did following his career. <laughs> That's not a bad comparison, really, because uh, <laughs> she was such a heavy favorite. And yet, you know, John Lindley, I was sitting with him. I go, wow, why is, you know, can you believe the odds this horse went off at, you know, the first quarter mile before the three eights? And then, well, she's striding pretty good now. And then, Wow. So yeah. you might have a little something there. That uh, Congratulations on that. And then, of course, you beat Nightline in the uh, maiden special weight race for Colts and Geldings with Tougher Than the Rest. And you have several two-year-old winners, as we stated. Uh, let's just turn that over toward the Gottstein Futurity. What are you thinking about that race coming up on the 17th? Well, we're going to run Bourbon Dancer for sure. Okay. Um, that horse, you know, he's uh, he deserves a, a good chance, and I I think I have a real good shot with him. Um, you know, he, he came at lights out, run a big race. And then I kind of think he kind of went through a stage where he got a little skinny. Uh, he's a horse that takes a lot of training. So I might've wound on him a little too much, uh, early on, uh, in between that first and third race there. And, um, you know, just the other day I was commenting to Corey and, and our other Gallup boy, Gogo on how much he's, grown and started to put weight back on and and uh, we've been two mile on him and letting him work in his workouts gallop around the racetrack i really think the horse is going to thrive on two turns very good hey uh, blaine vince here you know uh we've talked about justin evans beating the leading trainer this year but as usual you are on top where it counts most in purses with five hundred fifteen thousand. And one of the big reasons there is a real nice son of Bronski you have called Clovis Connection, who was just awesome in two races here. And then you took him down to Santa Rosa, put him on the turf, and uh, he ran a great race winning there. What's up with him? And then your three-year-old you also brought up here for the Derby, Prince Abu Dhabi. You caught a couple nice sophomores there. Yeah, we, um, to tell you the truth, uh, we actually win three derbies in two weeks i was training the peter redekop horse at emerald downs that won the canadian derby so that was like wait you know and i hope to get him back uh it was it was pretty awesome i sent him up to barvez and he got the job done up there so uh that was nice uh, but as far as clovis goes i gave him about 10 days off uh, just walking and uh he got back on the work tab last week and and we're gonna point for the uh calbred uh harris sprint at Fresno going six furlongs. That's uh, Mr. Hedrick's uh, hometown there in, in uh, Fresno, and that seems like a perfect spot to uh, try herself against older horses. He'll be facing, you know, the, the big horse of Eric Schwager and Gordy Jarnick at that top harbor, and he's one hell of a horse, as we all know. And uh, but you know what? Um, we got a point for it. We got to show up and got to run and shoot it and ship and run and. Um, this point uh it's time for us to tackle some older horses because they're really not much on tab for three-year-olds anymore yeah uh clovis connection ship and run that's a good point uh, he came up here and ran great went 
took him right down to the Bay Area and uh, won another stake down there and won with our derby with Prince Abu Dhabi. So, uh, yeah. Got- well, he's going to get a break. Uh, he, I actually got him in California. He's just hand walking right now. And um, he's going to go back to uh, Utah for about 60 days. And then we'll see him resurface. Uh, we're, we're hoping that with one or both of these horses that mile will be our target next year in Seattle. Yeah, two-year-olds and three-year-olds. Blaine Wright is stocked with them. He's been our leading stakes trainer or tied for leading stakes trainer six of the last seven years. Tom Wenzel has a little bit of an edge on you this year, but there's uh, three stakes remaining. Um, I'm not sure that you're going to have anything in the Muckleshoot Tribal Classic or uh, Philly or Mayor Washington Cup stake, though, this year. No, we're not. Uh, I, don't, I didn't even have anything nominated. You know, it's just kind of... You know, guys, uh, the, this new rule with no LASIK, you get a horse that wants to bleed a little bit, and, you know, you, hey, you can't keep running them in stake races because of that. I mean, it does you no good to, to run a horse that wants to bleed a little bit and they don't get no LASIK. Um, and, and that's, I can see the pros and the cons of that, that uh, rule there, but uh, a couple of my better horses haven't run their best races, and it's because they're bleeding a little bit, so... You know, you're, you're either going to make high-level claimers or allowance horses mm. out of them. Hey, Blaine, you mentioned Corey Delp. He's kind of your new assistant up here this year. Sounds like he's done a great job for you. And then our trainer of the week is a guy you know well mm. is uh, Faustino Coco Patino, who's kind of done pretty well in his first year up here, away from you. Yeah, yeah both. Uh, I mean, uh, Coco, you know, he gave me 10 great years. And he's super, super horseman. I endorse him every day of the week, and we've made – uh, real strong friends. He still breaks all my babies and, uh, you know, still try to spend time together outside of the races there. And uh, so I wish him nothing but the best and I'll always stand in his corner. And I think I was very fortunate because I didn't know how I was going to replace Coco because uh, he was so good. Um, I got lucky that Corey actually called Frank Lucarelli and was looking for a galloping job because he wanted to come home. Um, he's originally from Chalup and he's married and has two kids. And Frank said, well, I don't, I'm already full up, but Blaine's looking for an assistant. Corey's galloped for us in the past at, at different times. So I knew his horsemanship and it was kind of a no brainer for us. So it, it fit in pretty good. And, um, he'll be taking the winter off. Uh, not sure what he's going to do during the winter, if he's going to break colts or if he's going to you know, get a real job for the winter, but it sounds like he wants to come back next spring. And, uh, if he does, he's certainly got a job at my barn. Blaine Bill here. Uh, let's talk about one of your runners over this uh, coming weekend at Emerald Downs on uh, Sunday in the ninth race, a, a, a four-year-old filly because she's a lady. Uh, third in the Hastings, fourth in Legislator Stakes. She was a, a scratch. What happened in the race? She was scratched. I see two days later she was uh, uh, on on the work tab, so everything's all right, it looks like. So uh, talk about because she's a lady and her chances in that allowance optional claiming race on Sunday. Yeah, um, you know, Mr. Kalina picked her out, and we claimed her, and he just wanted to run her once or twice there at Golden Gate and, and then bring her up local. Um, she's run a couple really, really big races. That last race when she run fourth wasn't her best race, but, you know, we did our job. He wants to breed her, so we got some black type behind her, and that was kind of the main goal. Um, and then last time in the paddock, you know, she's a little bit of a quirky filly, and uh, they went to tire tongue, and 
something something just wasn't right with her that day. She reared up and sat down, and that happens. And you know, the state vet has to make a decision whether whether or not to let the horse run. And she hit her head pretty good, so you know, it was probably the best that he took her out. So that's why she didn't run. And uh, everything appeared to be okay that night, the next day, and we went ahead and gave her a workout. And luckily, disallowance race filled. Um, so we're certainly looking forward to trying to get a W to end the meet with her because uh, she'll be getting kicked out and either be bred or come back for one more season in Seattle. Very good. Okay. Well, Blaine, uh, yep, leading in earnings and uh, tied for second in wins and uh, another another fine year. Your two-year-olds are, seem to be performing well. You got a chance to win the Gottstein so uh, have a safe trip over there east. Uh, I think you're heading over to uh, Boone McKenna's fundraiser over there at Down the yeah. Stretch Ranch. Yeah, we try to sponsor a whole every time he has a tournament. and uh, Got one of my old favorite horses over here at his place, Administer. Um, mm. He's just a super, super horse to be around. So Sean and I are driving and uh, go play in this tournament. and It's for a good cause. Boone's doing some great things over there, as you guys know, and... Uh, it's always good to see Boone as well. Very good. Yep. Uh, say hi to all the great horsemen over there and the horses. Blaine, thanks so much for joining us. Have a uh, safe trip, and we'll see you back here. All right. Thanks for having me, guys. Thanks, Blaine. Thank you. Blaine Wright Bye-bye. joining us on Horse Racing Northwest. Uh, yeah. This will this could be his first Gottstein win. That's one stake that he hasn't won. That's hard to believe, yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah, he has not taken the Gottstein as of yet. Uh, he's won just about everything else, including the mile. He's won up on his buddy Frank Lucarelli on mile wins. Okay, we've got our usual uh, end-of-show segments to follow. Um, sports shorts. I'll start it off. Uh, guys, the mile winner. Has the mile winner been... The leading earner at the at the meeting more often than not than not in Emerald Downs history. I think so. Yeah. Oh yeah. Very. You're right. Nineteen out of twenty-seven so far. The mile winner has been the leading earner, and he is right now five-star general with his uh, eighty-two thousand five. I believe it is. He has earned um, Rimrock Lake if he wins mm-hmm. the Gottstein, depending on that purse, which is usually pretty high, pretty close to fifty to the winner. Uh, he might be able to overtake him, as and Sluice Tiz Wiz could get right there as well if he won the Washington Cup very close. So, yeah, that's been a big uh, stat in favor of the mile winner, the leading earner at the meeting. Uh, one other thing, I think uh, News and Notes is going to show Harbor the Gold is the leading uh, sire yeah, at the meeting. Yeah, well, so far he's got 14 yeah. wins, but Abraj is right there with 13, and then clubhouse ride believe it or not well he's had uh, of course dirt road red and then kiss ride goodbye with three wins is is right there with 12 but yeah harbor the gold is okay the favorite right now and i just wanted to mention that because he has the two top washington bred earners overall for 2023 zabra is in at pimlico on sunday He's number one, and another son of Harbor the Gold, My Harbor's Dream, is number two. He is in at Delaware on Saturday, so Harbor the Gold's present still being felt. Uh, I'll go. I'll go next. Okay. Um, since I know what Bill's going to go about, I'll go with. Uh, well, NFL started last night with the the Chiefs surprisingly losing a little bit to the Lions. The final was what twenty one twenty, 
the Kadarius Tony game, I guess Whoa. they're calling it. Yeah. And uh, but I'll just be a homer here. The Seahawks start their 48th season on Sunday against uh, hosting the Rams. Boy, you know it was only a couple of years ago the Rams won the Super Bowl and they've kind of fallen off. But I'll just say again this year Seattle is what eight and a half. I'll I'll take the over again, being a homer. And you know my feelings on Pete Carroll. I think he's a great coach. I think he's underrated, and uh, he'll get the job done. I think, uh, uh, and there is reason to be optimistic, I believe, too. So we shall see. For sure. Young defense just got more players and great receivers. They got some playmakers on defense, too. Kenneth Walker already proved himself. So we shall see. Bill Downs. My Seattle Mariners are 79 and 61. Uh, they won yesterday against uh, what the a Tampa game that Bay was. Rays. <laughs> Castillo outdueling everyone. Got great bullpen work. And, great defense. And defensively, some some superb plays. Canzone. Uh, uh, well, Canzone. And then what about our uh, uh, Cal Raleigh, Raleigh throw. throwing out a couple wow, guys? Wow, that was a laser. Yeah. Yeah. In the so. Ninth inning. So what what a performance from uh, the Mariners. They're in the midst of a four-game series with Tampa Bay. And we talked about, remember we talked about that 19-game that stretch where the, the Mariners mm-hmm. had, uh, they were playing some Easier bad teams. teams. Yeah. And we were talking about, well, they got like 12, 7, 13, 6. Well, they went 14 and 5 in that stretch. That works. And that works. Uh, even though they've had a tough go of it, they lost uh, 2 or 3 to the Mets and uh, lost 2 or 3 to the Reds. Uh, we'll see this uh, this weekend. Uh, they got a good matchup today. Kirby against a guy who's uh, five and seven, the five point four two ERA. But then on Saturday and Sunday, the rookies are going to go, and you know they don't go very deep in the games. They've got kind of have innings uh, restrictions, and they're going up against some really good starters for yeah. Tampa. So I think they will be underdog in both of the games on Saturday you and Sunday. You said to me if they win one of the next three, that would be that's okay. fine because because you, you you won the first game. So splitting against at Tampa Bay is not the worst thing in the world. Then they come home finally against the Los Angeles teams, the Angels, and. Uh, the Dodgers, Clayton Kershaw, scheduled to pitch next weekend here. Those will be sellouts. Yeah, T-Mobile. And, uh, the, you know, against the Angels, they're going to be favored in all three of those games. And, and they will be at how many of those games? Uh, probably at least two of them, yeah. yes. And the big three will be going as well. Logan, Castillo, and Kirby in those uh, three games. So they should uh, win that series against uh, the hapless Los Angeles Angels. But, uh, you know, I was looking at the schedule going forward. We've talked about it. You know, they got the Dodgers. They got the end with the Rangers. They play the Astros. The Astros have got a really easy schedule here in the last 21 games. Here it is real quick. San Diego, Oakland at Kansas City, home against Baltimore. Yeah, that's tough. Home against Kansas City again, then against at Seattle and at Arizona. But you know what? Seattle already has clinched the season series from Houston. Oh, that's great! You so know. if Seattle and Houston tie, Seattle's already got the tiebreaker. Sure, right? but those are those those games. They're going to be favored in sixteen of these games right off the bat. Yeah, so yeah. They're, they're, they're going to have to really. Again, yeah. They're going to have to really, uh, you know, not do well and uh, kind of lose it, if you will. Question as opposed- though: What has happened to the Texas Rangers? I don't know. I, it's just, I, it's just a, a little bit of everything. You know, they were so hot to begin the year, then they they were cold, and then they got hot again. And now they're cold again, and you know, we'll we'll, we'll find plenty uh, about the Texas Rangers because we play uh, play them uh, seven of the seven last, of the last ten, ten. Uh, one at Texas and one here at uh, T-Mobile. So. Uh, all in all, very happy. I still think uh, they make the playoffs. I, I my guessing uh, second wild card team would be my my guess. Um, Toronto doesn't have a, a cakewalk schedule. Remember we talked about Toronto easy schedule till September 11th, and then it gets tougher. They uh, play 
uh, Kansas City this weekend. Then they play Texas. Then they play Boston. And they're at the Yankees, who I told you is going to start to play a lot better now. They have. And they've they gotten, they've gotten, they've gotten their uh, players. Garrett Cole is phenomenal still. Yep. And this, so they, they go at New York, at Tampa, and then home against New York and Tampa. So that's not an easy run in for um for the uh toronto blue jays so i i do think uh, the playoffs are in play uh, and i had to guess i would say probably uh the second wild card because i think houston has just too easy of a, of a of a schedule the rest of the way okay how about your green bay packers bill of bill a season ticket holder of yeah uh, green bay? you know i'm kind of i'm uh, you know I talk to me after Sunday because I got to see Jordan Love. I got to see where the bullets are flying. How when he's the man now? They they do have. There is already a quote unquote built in excuse. Chris, Christian Watson, who is their uh, uh, their best, uh, I think their best receiver, second year player. He is not playing in that game. He has a mm. hamstring issue, so he is out. So it's going to be uh, you know an interesting array of uh, of. Uh, receivers Romeo Dobbs who's uh, also a second year receiver he is going to play uh, you know but they still got the running backs and they still got, the offensive line has been pretty darn good in the preseason and uh it will be an interesting uh, matchup uh the Bears uh, and Packers uh, in Chicago I have lots of uh, bear fans as uh, friends uh, lifelong uh friends who are bear fans and they're very excited down there in chicago well and 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 in that division we saw you know detroit finished really strong last year they've kind of been right joe a kind of one of the hype teams coming you into know. this year and big win on the road in kansas city yeah sure. huge win. so that, that's that's a new shooter for your division too yeah uh, they're the favorite right now uh, they were the favorite going in i think their over under was nine and a half i think minnesota was like in the eights or something like that and Green Bay is only like eight. seven, seven and a half, eight, and uh, the Bears are right around eight-ish. I want to say, uh, I think, but uh, yeah, it's a wide-open division this year. And but uh, you know, I just want to see if Jordan Love can't can't play. It's fine because next year is the year that I think it's going to be a, a lot of quarterbacks are going to be coming out of college. Obviously, at the top of the class, the USC quarterback, North Carolina quarterback. But there are a lot of really good quarterbacks in college football this year. Including that, one at the UW. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, yeah. Yep. Yeah, exactly. And then uh, the kid from Duke is oh, uh, yeah. really, really looks like a player. 6'4", can outrun linebacker. I mean, that. North it Carolina. Just, it just seems like there's going to be a renaissance of, of, of quarterbacks coming up uh-huh. real soon. So it's not, a, not the worst year in the world to not have a a playoff type of year not to get negative or anything before game one but who's the packers backup quarterback right now? uh it is i'd actually know that it's uh, clifford who is a rookie who played with at penn state for about okay. 900 years <laughs> and finally uh graduated to the pros they've been happy with him uh but he is uh you know inexperienced obviously he's he, he's he can make uh, the throws it's just going to be ex- he, he had a mixed uh he did some really nice things and they uh they were happy with him and, uh, you know, that's okay. what they're going to go with. Do Seattle and Green Bay play this year? No. No, they played in the exhibition season, but yeah. not in the regular yeah. season. Yeah. Okay. All right. There's some sports shorts from us on Horse Racing Northwest Selections. Uh, I don't, did you give away, uh, give out, she said my way on the show last week? You gave out the Jockey Club Gold yeah, Cup Yeah, you winner. gave out the Jockey Club Gold Club. I remember that. Yeah, I know. I picked it on Handicap yeah, Corner. So I, I guess. Well, no, you might have given out Mr. Mafioso. Nah, I was second. I remember I was oh. time or two, Mr. Mafia. I was all, I was back and forth on those two. So, okay. but they they were one two in that race. So, 
Um, I might have flipped the uh, top two. And uh, yeah, I contributed a little bit with You're the Cause. Yeah, I, the one yeah. I, I am second too. So yeah. uh, you liked yeah. him out. You picked him on top, Joe. And, uh, Jen. No, he did the oh, same God. thing again. Terrible trip. The same thing. So, He's and, going to the right. and then he had to steady sharp. Oh, yeah. oh my goodness. It was it was a nightmare up, trip. But, you know, right they got to figure through. out how to tell. <laughs> this horse, last three races, all three. The only reason why yeah. he didn't end up in the outer fence again was the horse was yeah. outside. Yeah, and it's a shame because the horse can run a little yeah, bit. he yeah. can. Okay, so selections for this week, Bill. You, what do you have? I got a lot of them. Okay, so uh, let's let's go here. Uh, Saturday fifth race. It's a race where Goat Rocks, I think, will go off as the favorite. But there's a horse, a filly that uh, won a main and claiming race. I thought did pretty darn well, and she's improving with each and every start. The six horse Dragon Works was in tight on the turn. The fractions were not overly fast, and uh, this filly went out and 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 got her. Got the early front rider who was sending some sensible early fractions. I liked how she won that race. The Dragon Works at eight to one, I thought was interesting in Saturday's fifth race, Saturday's seventh race. Uh, didn't mention it with uh, Blaine Wright, but uh, Executive Chef has won his last couple of races, and he ran great last time. I just think that that race on August the 18th, which he won by a neck over Brady Boy. Brady Boy set the fractions, but Executive Chef did all the dirty work chasing him the entire way and getting up by a nose, and he has uh, certainly uh, turned into a really nice uh, high-level claimer here at Emerald Downs. And he's 4-1 to one in Vince's morning line on Saturday, and then on Sunday... There's a couple that I like as well. I uh, The sixth race, I believe, uh, Baby Frankie, uh, who just won for Luciano Gabriel, um, is the second choice in the race at 5-2. to two. A firm chief got claimed by Evans for 10, now in for 5. But uh, that was a race in which uh, the previous connections Gabriel set out decimate as a rabbit. Yeah, right. And he, he did set his a, job. Just it did it. Got the setup from heaven, and he did win the race. But I just uh, I'm going to try and beat him with uh, Baby Frankie, who has impressed me a little bit. And then in the uh, seventh race on Sunday, um, it's a claiming race. Phillies and Mirrors, five thousand nine winners of three Emerald Racing Clubs in the race was scandalous. But I like a, uh, a filly on the outside, the nine lady attitude, mm-hmm. who has set some pressured for actions going five and a half. You know, the, the other filly that was in that race, Lady Brett, is a noted speedster. There's no noted speedster in here. The other above the stars has some speed. Yeah, but I would say that uh, Lady Brett is much faster uh-huh. than, than above the stars. Yep. And so I think Lady Attitude at the outside post. Um, and uh, she'd be even at six furlongs, which is about as far as she wants to go. I would be happier if it was five and a half, but um, at six, I still think she can get the the job done, if you will. And she's at eight to one in Vince's uh, line in race number seven. On we, you know, I got to say, there are some wide open races this weekend. Yep. Saturday's races six and seven are really fun races yep. to handicap. They're tough. I'm going to go there on Saturday six. Now, there is... A possibility, I think you've just heard it. Yeah, not yet. I'm an There's, agent. That, yeah, well, there will be entries taken for next week uh, tomorrow, tomorrow, so yeah. we'll see. But as the, but, right now, the race oh, is, God, is yeah. very solid. It is a 4-1 really, morning line, as a matter of fact. Really strong field. There's 10 horses in there. What's Provost on the morning line? I want to say five. I'm going to go that direction. Provost for Justin Evans. Um, going route to sprint, uh, he did win a Justin sprint. Justin does that move a lot. He does. Uh, he gets away from a firm chief who's, you know, won three of his last four. 
And uh, Montalvo's back up. He did win on him. He's t- very tactical, provost. He's got to be eight to one in there, doesn't he? In that field, that's a really tough field. I no? think it was either five or six. Okay, he's a he's an Evans. I can see that. Yeah, but uh, Evans has two in there. I think too. Oliva, yeah, yeah. A firm chief uh, has beat him in the end there. These last two starts, provost going two turns. So at one turn, uh, that turn back I like. He's mostly a route horse in his career, but uh, he's run well up here, and he's going to be a little pricey. How, how about the seventh race? We got a man's man coming out of the mile. That's right. In for a 25 tag. That was a tough one to try to figure. Dirt Road Red going for his sixth in there. and uh, Some Bill, good races this Who did weekend. you lean to in that race we were talking about? Well, I, I, I'm picking Executive Chef. Oh, that's right. You and mentioned I, that. And, yep, I, yep. and I do like a man's man, but Lucky Lad, I thought... Uh, is is interesting in there um just should you know he's he's been running some decent races and uh, just trying to find his level and mm-hmm. just trying to find a race where you know his running style will, will fit you know it's a race that you know with dirt road red running a clunker last time out you know it seems like it's a race that you can you can you if you, you take a stand against one of these favorites it becomes a really very intriguing betting race. And so all, all three of those horses, you know, man's man, you made as a favorite. And I, and I, even though you took some grief from it, I, I, I tend to agree with you. You're running against five-star general sluice, tiz, whiz, and bridle up to the bar. There cannot be a better three race. Yeah. Uh, and people are going to see that 83 buyer in the mile. And granted, this is a sprint, but he went out in one Oh nine and three in that yeah. race. Yeah. And, uh, Kind of an aggressive spot for that horse. Yeah. And, you know, I think Lucky Lad will get played a little bit, but uh, um, from the line, you got him at six. It's just a tough race. I mean, you're a lot of yep. different directions you can go. And, you know, you got to, you know, take a stand against somebody. Uh, can't play everybody. So, uh, you know, I, that's you know, usually towards the end of the meet, we get some really good betting races. Yeah. Really good seventh race there on Saturday. Our Lila Grace, is she favored in her race on... Uh... Yes. Okay. Yes. Well, I do like her, but, uh, but she's uh, favored. The horse you uh, mentioned oh, to uh, Blaine Wright is... Because uh, she's a lady's yeah. in there. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. She's a uh, close second choice. And, you know, uh, on the outside, uh, you go girl and uh, Rain of Fire is hot. So, Rain of Fire is okay. sharp. Yeah. All right. There's some selections. Uh, two solid days of handicapping upcoming at emerald downs as you know field size kind of seems to grow toward the end of the meet people want to run and chances uh, are diminishing so there you go and then trivia all right we'll end it with uh and vince knew the winner of last week's question right off it, who has the best undefeated mark in one emerald down season and vince you knew that one Victory script. Victory script, seven for seven in 2007. She won them all. And, uh, you know, Halen Ader was eight for nine in her season, lost her first start in April, then won eight straight. Touch of Elegance had a seven for eight season. Several six for seven, six out of sevens. Noosa Beach, it's tough to be good. Uh, Stop Shopping Debbie was four for four twice. Striker PhD, four for four once but nobody's done better than seven for seven and that is... i'll do a self-serving one what horses hit the board the most this season at emerald downs hit the board the most i know this one. Oh, do you okay bill go ahead scatalicious scatalicious ah, seven for seven in the money okay without a win <laughs> that's right the the club horse uh the or the uh ex-club horse or she's no, still she's, in the club yeah. 
she'll make her last start for us on Sunday. Okay, so I got a trivia question here somewhere. Let's see. Uh, the, oh, there it is. Okay, this is, uh, what is the longest standing track record at Emerald Downs for a mile and an eighth or shorter? Which one has lasted the longest? Bill knows that one. A mile and an eighth or shorter. 27 seasons. No, this is our 28th season. So send your answers to trivia at emeralddowns.com. In fact, uh, yeah, Russ Nakagawa. No, Michael Tarlow got the victory script. It's either Russ, Michael, or Andy. Or or CJ. CJ, CJ, that's right. He's won a few times. Okay, thanks for listening. And and our guests, uh, thanks to them, Paul Beatty and... Blaine Wright racing on Saturday at 5, Sunday at 2, Horse Racing Northwest.